Hello and welcome to D-Loop, the Melbourne Demons fan podcast. This week the D's dominated a pathetic St Kilda side and Angus Brayshaw reminded us how good a player he can be. Neats, you've been very smug since the game. So smug. Well, so I'm just really thrilled that Gus is back to his best. Because I have been trumpeting him for so many years. And you... You You took a real plunge on a pick three. No, Very brave. It wasn't that much of a plunge. I appreciate that. But you were one of those many people who just like wrote him off and were like, oh, let's just trade him. And then you were like, oh... I don't think I ever said let's trade him. Yes, you did. And then you said, oh, he shouldn't even be in the midfield. That was exactly what you said. You kept suggesting that he shouldn't be in the midfield. The reality is, is you put him in the midfield over the past two weeks and look how well he's performed. He's a pure midfielder. He's looked good and he's earned his spot. I think that's the thing. He hadn't earned his spot before, right? Like He just works so hard. That's the thing that really impressed me. Like I feel like every single contest, he was just there. You know, he must have run like 15 kilometers or something in that game. He was just, he's just a monster. Right. And I think the thing for me is I've never doubted his running or his attack on the ball, but I think his disposal has been a bit up and down and his decision-making he had a few in the first quarter. He did. He had a couple he, of where, he where he's trying to try a few cute, two cute t- kicks, which obviously she didn't come off. Right, but after he tightened that up, he was fantastic. He was and excellent. That was the best I've seen him dispose the ball. Yeah. Throughout the game, and you've made this point. He did have a bit of a Cochin look about him. He really reminds me of Cochin. Um, I just think the way that, he kind of dives into the pack and keeps his feet, and, and his pressure, and he's like just he because he's so good at like sticking tackles. That's the thing that mm. really impresses me. Like a lot of people. You know, you've got like missed tackle after missed tackle, but all of these tackles are perfect. Yeah. No, it is a, it is a great performance. Um, and he was, you know, he was playing on Steven, keep that in mind. Yeah. And I think what's going to be interesting for him is, is he going to hold his spot in the inside midfield? Because we have a lot of competition for that spot, right? Viney comes back in, Salem comes back in. Yeah, see, I disagree. I don't know crowded... why Salem needs to be in the midfield. I mean, Salem on like... Salem played probably close to his best game last week as well. Yeah, it's a little bit of a... Everybody's a midfielder. That's the problem. We've got too many midfielders. Right. Yeah. We once had this problem of having no midfielders, and now we just have overcompensated for it, I think. It's a good problem to have. It and, is. And Gus definitely offers something a little bit different. Yeah, because he he's looks quick. A, he looks a bit quicker. He's much yeah. quicker than the rest of them. Yeah. Um, he's brilliant. And, and I guess the question is, we ask this all the time, who's going to be, be the best of that trio of high draft picks? Gus, Ollie, and Petrarca. Yeah. So, I know you've always suggested that the order would be Petraka, Oliver, and Gus. And you always thought there was a fair, fair divide between the top two and Gus. Yeah. I mean, more recently, I've started wondering whether Oliver will be ahead of Petraka. It's tough, because I'm talking across their career, not right now. Clearly, Oliver's the best now. Oliver has put together one of the best 40-game careers anyone has ever seen. I mean, it's, his statistics are incredible. Mm. Um, I think that Oliver probably will be the best. You know, but the one thing I will say in terms of Gus versus Petrarca, I mean, it still remains to be seen with Petrarca. You still just don't really see him run out games that well. He still doesn't have, you know, he can't, he will never be able to get to as many contests as someone like Gus, right? And so the question is, is whether or not his decision making and his disposal will be so amazing that it will overcompensate, it will compensate rather for the fact that he doesn't get enough of the ball, which, which is unclear. I mean, maybe, or maybe he'll turn out like Dusty, which is the hope and just fix his endurance and get to every contest and then just be a superstar. Yeah, I mean, right now when he's playing primarily forward and really getting 15 to 20 possessions, he really needs to hit the scoreboard. Right, and his goal kicking at the moment isn't It's back. Great. It's back to what it was two years ago yeah. rather than last year. Exactly. Yeah. 
So he's got a little bit of a weakness, but I'm confident once he gets his tank up, his upside is still the highest of the three. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But yeah. it, but it just it's a big if, is all I'm saying. And it's I still true. think that you know I'm not saying I'm disappointed in Petraka's year, but I do think that there was a lot of hype coming into this season about the type of performances he put his he would put in, and he hasn't really you know taken any games by the scruff of their neck yet. No, he hasn't, but it's still early in the it's season. It's still early in the season, and but it's just the hype over the preseason was pretty huge. True, true. That's right. But I mean, look, you would have said about Gus a couple of weeks ago that it still hasn't come together, and suddenly it has really dramatically. Yeah, it's so. true. Um, but I think that with Gus, I mean, you can, it's one of those interesting things, right? You sort of understand why people choose, like, you know, recruiters gravitate towards the Tom Scully types versus the Dustin Martin types, right, during draft years. Because people are very enticed by the idea that you have someone who can just easily run out of game. You know, that you sort of... And, and there's always going to be question marks on whether or not someone can actually develop a tank or whether or not they'll just sort of forever be, you know, it's only someone who could run out half a game. Right, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. But let's talk more positively, though, about our season. Are we back on track after the last two weeks? You know, I think we're trending that way, but we're not actually on track yet. So I think that we've still got, you know, to put in a couple of extra solid weeks performances. Um, and if, you know, this week goes well against Gold Coast and next week against Carlton, set ourselves up really well to attack the really pointy end of the season. See, I honestly think we can't read too much out of where we are right now. I mean, the last two good teams we played, we got beaten by easily. Yeah. Essendon and St Kilda are probably the two worst teams they in the They look awful right now. Right now. They they're, are so they're bad. They're looking terrible. I mean, just unbelievably bad forward lines. Yeah. Which is meant, maybe by coincidence, our defence looks amazing right well, now. Well, now Lever's getting played back into form, so that's good. I mean, at least good. his confidence is up, you know. And I think this week against no, like a Gold Coast forward line with no Tom Lynch, yeah. I mean, that will help his confidence as well. And no Peter Wright, I think, as well. Right, right, right. I don't think he's playing. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, we need to get our players back into form, and that's a good thing. I just think we should be a little bit cautious with how excited we get. I agree because, with I mean, that. Even you look at St Kilda on the weekend, the number of easy shots they missed. Oh, it was so bad. And just field kicking and just general decision making, it was so bad. It was terrible. But look, we've got um, Tom McDonald back into the team. Yes, who adds a lot, you know, and I think he really shows the value of playing Hogan up the ground. I mean, mm. I think we've been discussing this on this podcast a few weeks ago that it just looked like, you know, the team was bombing it in long, but then no one was there in the forward line to take a mark uh, because Hogan was up the ground. And so now you see why uh, they were taking that approach because Tom McDonald is a really good contested mark. Yeah, and look, on the subject of giving Goodwin credit, which is something we struggle with typically. Yeah, um, I especially do. Tom McDonald, it's been a pretty good ploy from him. Yeah, and it He's has really been. committed to it, and I've been sceptical of it. I think most Melbourne supporters have been a bit sceptical of it, but... He's a total straight shooter. He's a really good. good contested mark. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Oscar has come along. So last week I thought he played a great job. I mean, granted, it's it was a depleted St Kilda forward line with no McCartan and memory out of form and no Bruce. That's so, undersell it. Oscar and Rance are competing for full back that's in the All-Australian team. Well, the funniest moment had to be was when there was the ball was in the back line and you turned around to me and you said, Ah, Oscar, the oasis of stability. And I just <laughs> died of laughter because I'd never heard you utter those words before. He is. He is. You want him with ball in hand. You want both McDonald's with ball in hand. I don't know if that's As true. As a Melbourne supporter, it doesn't make any sense I don't anymore. think you want <laughs> McDonald brothers with ball in hand. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. Um, but you've pointed this out to me, Needs. There's been a little bit of hype, which I think is a bit too much, given what Vince and Kilda and Essendon. Yeah, I think so. So, like, for example, I'm, you know, I've listened to some podcasts recently, uh, and Jake Nile from The Age suggested that 
Melbourne has the most talented list out of every other list in Victoria, which I just didn't really buy. I mean, I think that it's a good list. I don't know if it's the most talented. Might be a reflection of the fact that Melbourne teams aren't going that well. That's probably right. I mean, yeah. I guess, I, you know, just in terms of the other teams in the competition, though, I would still say that, I mean, I guess I'd say that Hawthorne is still more talented. I still think that probably Geelong is more talented. Yeah, I don't know. Richmond, obviously. Hawthorne's aging a bit. They are. A lot of their star players. Maybe it's the young talent that's the difference. But, yeah. you know, our young talent hasn't really come to fruition yet. Yeah, I think people are getting a little bit overblown. I think being, so as well. Like, we got St Kilda and Essendon exactly the right time. Perfect timing. And now we're getting Gold Coast exactly the right, right time. Exactly. And then Carlton, probably. So, yeah. we've had a very nice run. Yeah. Really, I just think we can't read anything until the Adelaide game, which is after that. Well, you know, we can't get ahead of ourselves, right? We could lose, disappointingly, this this weekend. I agree. In true Melbourne style. And we need to bank wins, there's no question. Yeah. If they can bank these next couple of weeks, though, that's that's huge. Yeah. Even though, and, you know, you can only beat... I mean, it's sort of like with Richmond, though, right? I mean, people have bit sort of realised that Richmond hasn't beaten a single team in the top eight from last year, except... And the only team they played was Adelaide, and they got beaten really badly. So, you know, you can't... You, but at the same time, you can only beat what's in front of you, right? So as long as they keep winning in the next couple of weeks, at least that gives them some, some confidence back. Yeah. Um, one last thought on that game. Um, one thing needs, and you know this has been pissing me off, is I feel like Melbourne games get the absolute second-rate dud commentators. Ah, oh, of course. It's always BT, and it's always, oh my God, the worst is Basil Zemplis. <laughs> Basil Zemplis is terrible. Or... Hey, you know who's getting getting to me this week was Tim Watson. Oh, he's terrible. He aggressively he's aggressive. barracking for St Kilda. To be fair, it's always... sacked him after like a year of coaching. Yeah, you say that, but then again, Ruzi, every time <laughs> Ruzi commentates a Melbourne game, it's just hysterical. He's the most biased commentator I've ever heard. Okay, well, for this week's Damien Barrett Award for Outstanding Football Journalism... Um, I want to highlight this special contribution from Brian Taylor, who's probably the, the repeat winner of this award, and he's discussing Jake Lever. That's his trademark spoil, isn't it, Jake Lever? Yep. Aggressive spoils, loves nothing better. Other guys like goals, Tim, or possessions, he likes spoils. So that in itself is unusual. That you'd be a liker of spoils. But that's a good thing. Yeah, he's a spoiler. Just... Fist on leather, nothing pleases him more. It just uh, gets real fuzzy about it. Ah, classic BT. So, Nitz, it's pretty early for this, but let's turn to the free agency conversation. Yeah, so we posted a poll about this on our Facebook page. Uh, this is me being the uh, dutiful social media mm. coordinator. Yeah, hundreds, like that? hundreds of responses. Do, you, do we really? How many did we get? Oh, uh, yeah, we, we had some. How many were some? You get like five votes or something? No, no, no. That was like 20 votes. Oh, that's pretty good. Well, I encourage you all to please participate in our polls. I'll be running them um, every week. But anyway, so uh, I think we should chase Andrew Gaff. Andrew Gaff. So this is the player who used to hate more than anything. Yeah, I did. I really hated Andrew Gaff. You described him as just running and kicking with the ball, which I thought was pretty reasonable, given he was an AFL footballer. No, I, I described him as just running around and kicking on his left. What's wrong with that? I don't know, cause, especially because... Dom he's Tyson does that. <laughs> yeah, but not as well. But the point is, is I think... Uh, no, I really think that Andrew Gaff is a good option for us now. I mean, he doesn't offer any pressure, which is the one drawback. But we just look a bit slow. We still look a little bit slow on the outside. And I think it'd be helpful to have him. 
I think he'd add something. We've got like 15 inside midfielders. Yeah, we just need... At some point, we probably do need more downhill skiers. Yeah. I feel like we've got too many I still many miss sort Travis of, Johnston. I think about Travis Johnston the ultimate, The ultimate downhill skier. Yeah, yeah we've just got but too But since many then, people. we haven't had a really quality outside midfielder. Yeah, exactly. So I just think we need one. And I, we're not getting... Them. Look, I don't know. I think... And I want someone to be really soft. Like, I don't want any inside mixed in. I want all outside. Okay, well, let's just see if we can recruit Kale Morton back to the club. <laughs> I'm sure he's available. But, um, you know, I think that... I'm not sure if we don't need anyone, someone, if we need someone that soft, but we do need someone who's just got some pace. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It'd be great. But And he used to be a Melbourne fan, right? Well, everybody used to Which be a Melbourne get fan. Didn't get us buddies. Pendlebury or all these other gun players used to be Melbourne supporters. Um, no, I think, he's, I think he'd be a good acquisition. I think it'd be great. The question is, what would we need to give for him? Because we're giving away both of our first round draft picks. Oh, lever. Um, so realistically, I don't think we could get. I mean, isn't he? He's a free oh, he's agent. A free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. So then, I guess the question is the cash and whether he wants to move to Melbourne. Right. Yeah. I mean, we should throw a lot at him. Yeah. I mean, Melbourne hasn't had a real big fish for a long time. Is Andrew Gaff that big a fish? He's a pretty big fish. Yeah. Really? I'd rather we focused honestly on Tom Lynch. Uh, you want us to get Tom Lynch? Tom Lynch from Adelaide. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, look at you. A bit of an off-Broadway pick. Yeah, because I just think he's this classy distributor into the forward line. Yeah. Um, and imagine if you have him and Hogan playing as these high half forwards. Oh, they'd be... S- and just isolate Tom McDonald in the goal square. As the full forward. <laughs> That's the premiership. That is not how I imagined our premiership would play out. With Tom McDonald isolated as the full forward in the goal square. Uh yeah, I don't know. I love Tom Lynch. I think he's great. No, I think he's a gun as well. I mean, yeah. it sounds like Adelaide keep lowballing him as they lowball everyone. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he, he wants to He seems like the kind though. of guy that would be lowballed. Why? You remember Renny. that night we went to a nightclub and um, Tom Lynch was sitting there with uh, Talia and Taylor Walker and all the ladies were surrounding the other two and Tom Lynch was just sitting by himself quietly <laughs> observing proceedings. <laughs> I like that about him. Curious. So a lot of myself and Tom Lynch. Do you know Lynch. what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it, but it's true. You just sat there being like, hey guys, hey guys. <laughs> uh, that's why I think we need him in the club. I just, think he'd really add something. What? Pervy outside. Of <laughs> <laughs> just a real team man. Yeah. Doesn't try and get in anyone's way. No, Doesn't does try and interfere. Way. Yeah. But that's the perfect segue it needs for this week's Rowan Bale Award for underrated performance. Yeah. And it has to go to uh, Tom Lynch's former Adelaide Crows teammate this week, Jake Lever. Because Jake Lever, albeit, you know, he is on a substantial amount of money and therefore should probably be ineligible for the Rowan Bale Award. But yeah, it's a dumb pick on your it's part. It's not a dumb pick because honestly, look, Lever has been rammed from pillar to post since he started the D's and everybody has been on his back. He's had to like delete Twitter and, you know, have all, like, I don't know. He's, he's had to go through, the, go through this like catharsis, you know, most of which seems to involve him posting photos of his dog on Instagram. But anyway... Um, so look, he's gone through a lot and I feel like it's, he's very deserving of the Rowan Bale Award this week because he performed really well. Yeah, he was good and he got better as the he game went on. He got better and better and he, st- he actually intercepted. He took yeah. some intercept marks. It was great. Yeah, yeah. He finally did that. Um, something about Lever still kind of annoys me. I think it's his face. It's his mouth in particular. <laughs> something What's about his with mouth. his mouth? Uh, it's very hard to explain. I think if you're a loyal Melbourne fan who watches the games, you'll know what I mean. Something about the way he talks and chews or something. Chews? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to reflect on that. I'll come back to you with a, a better description. I mean, is it just his head in general? Do you think he's got like a punchable head? <laughs> he does a little bit. Like, what was that moment when he was clapping some opposition player? 
a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Who was that? And then it turned out they ended up kicking a goal straight afterwards or something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. But yeah. he's... You know what? I, I, I don't think his face is that punchable. I mean, I've realized this weekend that the most punchable face in the NFL is actually James Sisley. Oh, yeah. We who I just Sisley. despise. Yeah. He's worse than Reese Matheson. Yeah, he's shocking. Shocking. He's shocking. James Robinson was on to Sisley a long oh. time ago. Yeah. Thank you, James. Most hated. Um, okay, let's turn to this week's game. Um, which, once again, we should win, but it's no certainty at all. I think so as well. I mean, just with the outs that Gold Coast have, I mean, it's just, you know, it's staggering, really. Annoyingly, I think Aaron Hall will be back into the team this right. week after being dropped. Your favorite player. The danger man. Yeah, the I, danger love, man. I love Aaron Hall. Kieran has been trying to get Melbourne to recruit Aaron Hall for the past, like, five years. Yeah, and he's been very flaky. Um, him and Motlop, I love them both. You just love the downhill skiers. I do, I do. Um, ins and outs, Nitz. Who comes in? Uh, so I think that I think that Viney obviously comes in. Actually, depending on whether or not it's worth playing Viney in the AFL or over the VFL, I'm not sure. I think we should take whatever the safest option is. Yeah. Given he screwed himself over by coming back too quickly last Yeah, year. absolutely. Just go yeah. slow as possible. But assuming he's actually okay, and look, in fairness, Tom McDonald slotted straight in and it was great. Right. Um, he comes in. I mean, there's no question who goes out. Oh, Alex Neil Bourne has to go Alex out. Alex I mean, it's has just... survived against all odds. <laughs> against, against all the protestations of the uh, Melbourne Club Forum, yeah. uh, he has survived. Maybe he survived with that late goal. Maybe they'll keep him in no, the game. No, they can't keep him just for one goal at the end, really. They can't. They nah, can't. He's got to be gone. Um, Salo has to come back in. I think Salo comes in for Jaden. Hunt, yeah. who we have to talk about Jaden Hunt for a second because I must say I'm very disappointed. I've been disappointed with him over the past almost 12 months, really. I just don't think he has improved at all. In fact, I think he's regressed. No, I mean, he's clearly regressed, but you can see the effort on the weekend as well. He was chasing, he was pressuring, he was trying really hard. I know, but he's got no class. Yeah, and he had a couple of nice touches in the first few minutes and then just didn't really get the ball. Do you know what? Now I totally understand why no one else was like sort of even interested in drafting him. Oh, that's a very harsh what assessment. That's one of the dumbest things you've said on the podcast. No, it's not. What? He's had a few what, he's had a few bad games. No, and but no one I should just, have drafted no, him. No, I didn't mean sorry, I didn't mean no one should have drafted him. I meant that I understand now why he wasn't <laughs> Someone that recruiters were sort of going, like, you know, there's someone that recruiters were... You the recruiters saw into the future and saw <laughs> no, in season it? four of his career... No, I didn't decide. think that. But, you know, I, I understand now why. Because he was a very much a wild card decision, mm. right? They basically saw his speed. You know, he wasn't even playing for any tack cup side or anything like that. And they just went down to Brighton Grammar and had a look at him. And I can understand now why he probably wasn't on recruiter's radar because he doesn't, he's not a natural footballer. That's the thing that concerns me. He's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing runner. He's, you know, very aggressive, but I just don't think he's a footballer. See, I don't have the same concern with him. I think the problem is for whatever reason, he's not getting the ball in space. And I think the team in general needs to be a bit more conscious of giving him the opportunity to play his game, right? His best game is when he gets a few meters in space and can just beat anyone for pace, right? Right. Essentially doing what Hartung's doing right now. Right, exactly. And he's just not getting the opportunity, right? It's not like he's running and getting chased down. But I he think it's because it. I think I I think that's partly because the fact that whenever he does get the ball, he bombs it in long and directly turns it over. Like he's just he's not a great decision maker, kids, and he's not a great kick. And and those are things which I think uh, you know, you that come with being a natural footballer. I just don't think his decision making is, is quite up to it right now. See, what I would do is play him on the wing. I think the problem in defense is he's got this pressure to be accountable to a player as right. well, which is maybe making it too complicated. I think just say, get it, run, 
ideally handball because I don't really want him to kick all that much. Yeah. And kind of start with that and see how it goes. See, right now he's kind of reminding me a bit of Sam Frost. You know, these two guys with like, another one of your favorites, these two guys who, and I'm not saying that no one should have drafted these players or no one should have recruited them. I'm just saying you understand now why people were concerned about, or have their hesitations about drafting them because you can be an amazing athlete, but you might not be the best football brain. Yeah, that's probably true. Okay. Well, Salem and Hunt, I think is fairly clear as well. I'm going to say this very briefly so you don't yell at me. Ped, weed, question mark. Okay. Weed is in still Okay, Weed gets to stay. I will say, I think Weed's showing a little bit. He needs to do better as second ruck. I think he's giving us absolute donuts as second ruck. I feel like he, you are calling for Weed's, like, no. you every week, I feel like you just want to see the end of Weed. There were like five boundary throw-ins where he didn't even get to the contest. Um, and he's just not, not getting involved. Look, I think he's showing more and more as a forward. Um, nice little 50-meter penalty and goal. That was great. I just think we need to get a bit more out of him. I don't think it's so safe as you think it is. I think this is about sort of investing in the future, right? I think this is about sort of, you know, long-term development and long-term growth, right? Like sometimes you've got to make tough calls on older players. Does it have to be paired? Yes. (laughs) Okay, we'll park that conversation. Neats, do we win? Yeah, I think we do win. I've actually got some confidence this week. I think we do. Does it come down to Oscar versus Sam Day? I don't think it comes down to Oscar versus Sam Day. Look, I think our midfield will just get the better of them, ultimately. I think it's a, just a... You know, they've got a, a lot of really good talent in their midfield, um, like Ainsworth and, you know, Jack Bowes and Scrimshaw and all these other guys. I don't even know if Scrimshaw's a midfielder, but I think he is. But anyway, the point is they've got a lot of high draft picks in their midfield. Um, but I think that we've probably just... We're just a bit older and probably a bit more experienced in that area. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, we weren't very compelling against them last year. No, we were not. It took a bit of Jones' brilliance. Absolutely, to get us back in in the game. And Garlett. Yeah. So what happens with Garlett? Because he's a gun player. He's excellent. But it's just sometimes he's just too absent from games that they can't trust him to to be in the senior team regularly. I agree. But I've said this before. I just think he's clearly in our best team. I agree. At some point, he's going to come back in. I mean, Casey had a bye on the weekend. So, it's, he, so couldn't he couldn't impress really his case. case. Yeah. He doesn't come back this week. I think we bring him back for the Carlton game. I agree. And I also think that, you know, Hannon wasn't that great last week, last weekend. And I think that, you know, Spargo probably will need a bit of a rest at some point. So, you know, I think that that midfield spot, will con- that forward line spot rather, will always be rotating. Yeah. Between Spargo, Fritch, Hannon and um, Garland. Yeah. And Bug and Kent. I don't think we can draw a line through Kent. No, Kent is injured. Kent Kent got injured, which is unfortunate because he always seems to get injured at inopportune times. But, yeah. And there's always no room for bug. Uh, Yeah. Okay. On that note, thank you for joining Deluded once again. Uh, Please follow us on Facebook again. Nita Rao will have more polls. I will. So, guys, please, uh, please follow us if you want to engage in more of my polls. Exactly. If you want the Unofficial Demons podcast with polls, you've come to the right one. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we'll catch you after the win against Gold Coast. Go Dees. Go Dees.